Welcome back to That Talking Thing. I'm Kim. I'm Jason. This is episode four, season two. And we have some life topics, family topics. And Whoa. let's get into the first one. I noticed a tweet of yours that said something like, life is a video game, not a movie. And it had a cool vis visual of someone leaning back. It was, it was like a graphic, someone leaning back, watching a movie passively. And then like life is a video game, like they were leaning in with their controller and they felt in control. And so, I and you were like, yes, you know, like this is it. And I, I feel that way too, like that yes. it's kind of. That's um, something really similar about us. It. You used to always talk about um, how you didn't want to implant stories on our kids and give them a, a narrative to say like, well, I suck at sport. Right. I'm not even going to try. So if you implant these stories in your head, like that label you're, them, they would attach to the labels. You're living a movie and you, you have a script and your movie is playing out and you'll never level up or, or venture yeah. out or jump yeah. for the mystery box or try these things. That are, I like the analogy. Yeah. I think of like one of the things in my life <laughs> is that I, I feel like I have control over it. I don't feel like a victim of things. I I feel very empowered in the, almost anything in life. If I really wanted it, I think of like a system of like, okay, what do I really want? What do I need to get to get there? And I actively like pursue things. And somehow those are values that were instilled in me and you have the same values and that's why we get along. And that's something I wanted to get into my kids. And some people will say like, you don't want to be an NPC. You want to be like a player character, not an NPC. Like free guy. I think I tagged the yeah. free guy movie because if you haven't seen that movie, uh, Ryan Reynolds is a character that is actually a, NPC, he is like an AI NPC. Non-player yeah. character yeah. in a movie. And he realizes that he's living a video game. Not a movie, a video game. Mm -hmm. He realizes and becomes sentient as an NPC and starts to yeah, like affect the to... game like a player of yeah. the game. Which is cool. Yeah. It kind of shows that you can break through. If your narrative is living in a script in a movie. That was a good message. And good message. I struggle with NPC type people because they complain about life and their situation and I'm a problem solver. Sometimes you just got to be an, an ear, but sometimes you, you want to be like, here, well, you can fix that here, and there's a way to do it if you really wanted to, but they don't really want to fix it. Just want to complain about it. Um, and so it's frustrating when you meet people who aren't approaching life the same way as you. I feel like you pull from me also. You pull me to say, what's your goal? What do you want? Because you need yeah. me to motivate certain things that you're doing or you want mm. to drive us toward the goal that's shared between us. You say like, <clears throat> you know, how can I help you get to the end of your video game, Kim? Right. What does that look like? You try to pull that out of me. And I don't always have I, a great answer for that. Yeah, I know. Except where <laughs> yeah, I, I think. What's happening there is these moments I notice that we're on the treadmill of life. We wake up in the morning and whatever our email and Slack tells us is important. You just sit down and you start solving it because um, we're problem solvers. Like there's a problem. I'll solve it. Okay, let's go. And sometimes you need to step back and be like, whoa, why am I doing that all the time? Is this really what, what I want to do with my life? Or, you know, I think of specifically with work, it's like we're working really hard and we're pushing and I, I, I need to know like the why because... I'm, I need something to motivate me to push so hard because I feel like it's kind of okay, <laughs> you know? Um, so Don't I you want to be more like living the movie life, the laid uh, back, passive? No. There is something, sometimes, but no, I'm not saying that. But I, this is like, we're mixed up all our analogies. Sometimes folks say like, 
life is a movie and you're the main character, that you're the main character component is a different phrasing that's not related to this word. Yes. I sometimes I relate to that or I like that notion of if you imagine yourself as the main character in the movie, you are the one that gets the job. You are the one that becomes a leader. You are the one that gets what you want. You're not just, you know, playing second field to something else. So if you if you sometimes people have problems focusing on themselves, you know, and, and being selfish or being optimistic about their own lives and stuff and being like hey, this is your life is your movie and you're the main character. Make sure it's good for you or you should be crucial and central to it. Yeah, another movie analogy. <laughs> My life was a video game. It would be like kayak simulator. <laughs> well, people play, is Animal Crossing like farming? Animal Crossing? Like yeah, there's, yeah, there's gardening and stuff. Is there another yeah. one that has gardening, like uh, turnips? Yeah. What am I thinking of? Moon, something moon? Or... uh. Yeah, there's a bunch of those. There's a bunch of those. That's what they're called. Isaac would know. That's what I would be. Something like, or Wordle. We Harvest Moon Wordle. was an old one. There's Harvest a new Moon. one. I'm crossing I, my I, arms I, because yeah. you are. Okay. <laughs> it is it's cold in here. <laughs> That's why it's cold in the office. Nice. All right, next topic. Um, our daughter was getting into sewing. Was she making a mask of some sort? Like Her birthday mask. was coming. So she was making so she was looking online how to make an animal mask. And she got into like cosplay stuff, then got into like furry content on YouTube and the internet. And she came back and asked us, like, Dad, what's a furry? And we were like, Ooh, okay, I guess we're gonna tell her 10-year-old daughter what a furry is. And what do we tell her? You know, it's people who like to dress up like animals. And there is, you know, like a kinky sexual connotation to a lot of that stuff. And I know that the furry community will fight back against that and say, it's not all about sex, but some of it is. So you're like, if your kid's searching the internet for furry, you know, they're going to get into the darker areas of the internet. And so we need to protect her from that. But I, I guess we had that interaction that a couple of days later I saw on Reddit and I shared, it was like, we're not the only ones that are, you know, someone else was like the same exact story. My daughter's 10 years old. She was sewing and asked me about furries and there was good feedback. I, I think I, we always lean towards explaining maybe too much or like giving them I'd, i sometimes say it this way i'd rather my kids be like the kid who's too young to know about like sex and drugs and things rather than the kid who's too old and is supposed to know about it already or in that reddit thread someone said if you don't teach your kids about furries like a stranger on the internet is going to teach them about it so you might as well you know get in i don't know, it's, I don't know your thoughts on that our, our <laughs> kids are both right now going through our daughter specifically, a lot of curiosity about sexuality, mm. about orientation. Yeah. It it started at the turn of this year, I think. Yeah. More so. My sister is gay. She was home visiting for Christmas with her wife. Yeah. And after that time, Marin was really curious with asking other people in our family, what is your sexuality? What is your orientation? Yeah. And I think it's part of her cataloging nature and her structure organizing nature. Yeah. Um, she was fascinated by all the flags. Yep. And then we had a good discussion about like, why are there kind of like pride flags for different identities and where that came from and the reason to, you know, have something that people can gather around. And then also like some of the commercialization of the private, she's like, there's 50 flags. Why are there so many? And you're like, and I was like, I'm, I'm not in tune with some of the yeah. more obscure identities on the list. And I was like, I don't, I'm not really sure. Like, People like yeah. that flag. Someone maybe made it and tried to sell it, but it's it's 
yeah, it's out there. I think it's 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 a good thing that it's more public and then you open these discussions. And right. This is age of kids trying to figure out who they are. And they're like, this is one aspect of figuring out who you are. So they're talking about it and engaging with it. We've always said um, we we want them to be aware of what's possible and the options available to them and to not mm -hmm. feel boxed in. But in some ways, by asking all of us what our sexuality is, she's trying to box us all in and get us mm -hmm. to decide. So I'm trying to nurture for her that it it's a ever-changing and a, a fluid thing. And it's not something that everyone feels securely 100% defining. Yeah. So it's difficult because she is asking friends and family yeah. what they identify as. And I, I want to remind her that she might feel firmly in her decision. Other people might not. So it's it's difficult for kids. And like Isaac's counselor said, it's between ages 12 to 19 that kids are mm -hmm. kind of fluidly exploring and defining their self. I know it's a, it's a, it's a lot of. One of the time. messages I tried to get across to Isaac and now Marin too is like, you don't have to figure that stuff out. Like you don't have to know what you're going to do for a living when you get older and it can change. You don't have to know, you know, whether you're going to want to kiss boys or girls yet. Let it right. go. Um, and, but yeah, like, so I, we don't want to put people in box. We have a Marin. It's just kind of like. Do you feel like in the back of your mind, it. there's. I think this, I think that the more we tell our kids, the more that they'll be the ones telling other kids. And we have to know these parents that they interact with. We have to know the other parents. Yeah. Our daughter's in a mixed grade classroom of fourth through seventh, eighth graders, but she is in fourth grade. So primarily the people she's interacting with, she is the youngest, mm -hmm. but she's bringing topics to school that we've talked to her about because yeah. this is how we're choosing to educate and parent our children, which isn't a wrong way, right. but the challenge is that when you t explain something to your kid, you don't want to always say like, don't tell other kids this. Their parents might not think that that's safe because then they question, why are you telling me unsafe things? Or why are you choosing this? Uh, Which in when they were young, that was, we didn't send Lunchables to school because we thought I can make Lunchables, right? Like, yeah. And then she said, well, other kids get to eat Lunchables. I told them my mommy thinks they're bad. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, it's hard to parent. <laughs> when there's a village of other parents yeah. coming at you with, with flaming. Uh, worrying about that. Oh, you think, are they going to? I think the teachers, they're like, we deal with this and we get it. And it's interesting, like the sexuality topics, it's like be open and talk about it. But at the same time, it's like <laughs> part of that question is who you like to have sex with. And you should be talking about sex, period, at school. It's a place of education. Right. And so, yeah. Hmm. This is only the start also. So yeah, yeah. 10 and 13, this is the start of things that we'll be talking about. I feel like our version of this was like, are you goth or not? Like we, we felt like you had, there was like five clicks at school and you had to pick one. What freshman year? It's like, yeah. Are you the jock, the nerd, the, the goth or the, you know, whatever. Band geek. Band geek cheerleader. Yeah. It's like, even at that level of forcing you to pick a side. Yep. And especially online, they're forcing you to pick a side. Do you feel that way Crazy as an adult? Are, I feel that way as an adult, being forced to pick sides. Yeah, there's like this left, right, blue, red thing. And definitely like the media and online stuff. It doesn't stop. Is Yeah. No. Even in WordPress, there's like the old WordPress people and the right. new fresh young people. Oh. No. I don't. Oh, is that a case of it? I feel left out just I'm like I'm an old guy. <laughs> Being my old I see. people club. The new development. It's all JavaScript and yes. like, oh, we did it a different way and yeah. I'm being left behind. It's okay. Sorry. 
Yeah, so much. But yeah, I mean, yeah, there are these forces trying to put people in boxes and split people up and stuff. So it's kind of like there's a, a downside to that, you know, being. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to bring up the last family topic, which only showed up in my text today from my friend. A book that she's reading called 14 Talks by Age 14. Yeah. And it's by Shelley. Shelley Card. Yeah. And the premise of the book is that there are 14 topical conversations. So much content for the podcast. Once a week. No. What's that are important to have started with your children by the time they're 14. And that is because. You want to be the person that gives them their first introduction to these things. You don't want them to be naive and walk into conversations right. when they're 15 plus. And how can you slowly start having uncomfortable, important conversations with your kids so that they can accumulate all of that knowledge by the time that they leave your house? So yeah. starting by the time they're 14, revisiting these difficult conversations until they turn 18 and yeah. whatever their adulthood looks like, if it's college, if it's a trade, if it's directly into the workforce, if it's entrepreneurship, wherever they end up, their I like their the, first taste was through you. I like to buy fourteen. I've said this before that when Isaac was around nine years old, I thought I had nine more years to kind of download my brain and temper my values and talk to him about things. And I realized, oh, I actually only have four or five more years because somewhere around thirteen, your kids <laughs> stop listening to you. So you kind of have to get. You know, you have to have those talks before they're 13 because... When they're still like, Dad's my hero. And hopefully you did a good enough job giving them the tools and the experience and and the values that they then they start living out and making those decisions and do they carry on. But they're going to be their own little people. For better or for worse, death do, we part. One interesting piece that that book brought up was when your kids start to have a cell phone, Making sure that there's an aunt, an uncle, a friend who's an adult, that they have their number in their phone. Mm. It's not your parents. If you ever want to call or text about something that you don't feel yet talking to your parents about, or you just want another person who's an adult's perspective, or worst case scenario, you are in an emergency situation, can't reach your parents, or don't want to reach your parents, you know that there is this responsible adult your parents trust you should trust to be there for you i always thought i could be this person for some like michaela mm-hmm. niece or something but it never worked out i would kind of hey if you want to come to me we can talk and i won't tell your parents it never works no I don't, they don't believe me or, how you nurture it. <laughs> I, i'm not close enough to enough teenagers to feel bad there's but i feel like a couple times I, I was like i could be the the uncle you talk but to. along with that they also anyway. recommended that you and your kids pick some password mm-hmm. that if your kids text you this word, you immediately know to go help, find them and help them. And yeah. they don't have to explain where they are. There's a situation, someone's trying to get them to smoke and they don't want to, but they don't want to seem like uncool. They need like, isn't there a similar thing if you're on a date and you need a friend to kind of like give you an excuse to get Perfect. out of the yeah. date? Having a code yeah. word that you can text someone. Yeah. If you're like on the phone with them, you right. say something, how's the date going? Right. It's going password. And then that's for them to yeah. be like, oh, yeah. actually, I need you. Then you're like, what? Right now. Yeah. No. So our kids need that. Yeah. Maybe. Or just text like a short enough word that's unique enough that if you're 
at a party, everyone's doing drugs and you're hiding in someone's bathroom hmm. or closet, you don't have time to right. explain a whole lot. Right. But you want a single short word or phrase word? to, I thought like orangutan. Orangutan. Yeah. Word that isn't used. Yes. Why would you otherwise use this word? Bamboozle. But does it have to be something that, that could plausibly come up casually? So they say it. If they, you and your son are so, it. I tried to talk to Isaac about this today uh-huh. and he was like nitpicking it. He wanted to like, and he, he was uh, thinking uh, the scenarios because I was coming up with scenarios and he said, well, I'll never. I was like, what if you know. got a tattoo and you're really embarrassed and it's on your head and you, <laughs> I'll never get a tattoo. Yeah. Then it finally arrived. What if you crapped your pants at school? Yes. And then he was like, That's oh, okay, happen. that could happen. <laughs> <laughs> but he didn't picture himself hiding in a closet while everyone was doing meth or okay. anything worse. <laughs> Thank goodness. But guess, yeah. I guess I got to read the book and then we'll... Sounds better. like a great idea. Yeah, yeah I, I agree in theory about giving kids a way to... Do you have us any stories about being cut. too scared to tell your parents something that if you only had a, a word, you could have been rescued hmm. without the fear of also saying, like, it, you're in an embarrassing situation. Yeah, I crapped in my pants at school. Writing that is, is <laughs> like, debilitating. Like, you can almost not yeah. tell someone that happened. Yeah. But you can write a word and know that that conveys to them i don't feel comfortable explaining my situation right now but mm-hmm. i need you never i don't think so i think i was trying to like handle things myself i wasn't really like a hopefully that's downloaded into our job to my parents skill. yeah but i mean maybe there would have been situations that would have been better i don't know i don't think i've had or did you either. have like a was your aunt cool like you could talk to her I didn't have another adult that I yeah. felt comfortable close with. Mm-hmm. We should come with these stories because I'm, I'm finding it's working a bit that don't k- kind of tell your kid what to do. Tell them a story of you from your childhood and then e- exhibiting the behavior that you want them to have or say, I was in the same situation or, yeah. you know, Mary's having trouble. And I'm like, yeah, I've been in that situation too. It was kind of like this. And then... That gets her to kind of lean in and start talking instead of like just telling her like, don't let that bother you. Here's why. Right. Yeah. So I need to find these stories so I can tell Isaac. And and it backs up your advice. So you're not giving advice only. You're giving a shared story and a path that was, that worked. Right. Good. Thank you. Good talk. Yeah. I got to think of that. Thanks everyone. That was episode for season two of that talking thing. Catch you next time. Catch you next time.